You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show, the place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. If you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then make sure you're subscribed to our email newsletter. Go to assemblycall.com slash join today and sign up for free. That's assemblycall.com slash join. And now get ready for another brand new edition of Assembly Call Radio. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio. This is episode number 37 of Assembly Call Radio and our 329th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of Thursday, July 27th, 2017. I'm Andy Bottoms, your host for this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we break down the most important IU basketball stories from the past seven days. And remember that if you can't catch one of our shows live, you can always catch up with us on our podcast. Just search for Assembly Call wherever you listen to podcasts and you'll find us. So let's begin here how we always begin, and that is with our Hoosier Proud Banner moment. And in a week that did not feature a flurry of recruiting commitments, as uh, as the guys were able to talk about last week, uh, this one stood out pretty easily as well. Uh, yeah, yesterday, or maybe it was earlier this week, um, you know, Archie Miller tweeted out, The offseason is when you earn the right to be great, proud of entire team, efficient, and got results. One stood out above all, though, and that person who is is probably the most talked about guy uh, on this IU roster over the course of the offseason, in large part because of, uh, you know, his potential and and the focus that Archie really brought in his opening press conference about about how hard he was going to ask him to work and, and transform his body. And that's Deron Davis. And so uh, Miller's next tweet was congrats, uh, Deron Davis, on an incredible 12 weeks, took home the belt. Uh, a pretty uh, pretty snazzy-looking championship belt. And uh, it said, Cliff Marshall is a proud coach. Hashtag total development. So, you know, a lot a lot has come out since then about Duran uh, and how hard he's worked. Um, said he's down 21 pounds overall, trimmed his body fat by 5%, increased his vertical jump by 8 inches, uh, and it just among the, the many accolades that he received in the offseason. And, um, you know, as we've talked about so often, because of the general lack of of height and and front court depth on this roster, uh, his development is going to really go a long way toward determining what IU season looks like. And so um, certainly give him a lot of credit for putting in the work and and really responding well to that challenge that Archie put forth for him in that initial press conference. And uh, certainly we'll see how that all translates on the court. Uh, but really cool to see, you know, a guy uh, at that age really dedicate himself to, to his to his craft and to improving his body. And, um, you know, we'll, we'll certainly talk more about Cliff Marshall and some of the things that he's done. But uh, to me, that was the easy uh, banner moment from this week, which is, uh, again, brought to you by our friends at HoosierProud.com. And so with that, I'll introduce my esteemed co-host for the evening. Uh, we've got Zach McCright with us. Ryan is uh, is off doing who knows what, and Jared is off celebrating his daughter's first birthday. So, uh, you know, a good a good reason to be off. And Zach is, uh, you know, re- recovering from the, uh, you know, having a newborn. So I'm sure you got tons of sleep, lots of energy, and, uh, and ready to talk about some IU basketball tonight, Zach. Yeah, yeah. I'm always waiting for recovery day. It never seems to come. Cliff Marshall's big on uh, recovery. Actually, I learned that this just, week. So he's, he's, he's looking out for you. You just need to take heed. I know. Uh, Cliff. Cliff Marshall is, uh, it would be mad at me because I would not be a good pupil. I, 
he, he wants me to recover, and I'm like, I don't. I, there's no time to recover. I'm, I'm, I'm breaking down with every single day. But, but uh, it's all good. It's a. I always tell the parents uh, out there, or the, or the parents to be. It's a good kind of tired. It's a different kind of tired. But um, I'll digress. Um, I, um, I wanted my, you know, McCrite's minute or whatever we call this tonight. I wanted to give a shout out, and and we may talk about this later, but. Um, to Thomas Bryant, I was one of the guys, um, you know, I'm, I'm raising my hand for the radio audience, um, guilty as charged. I I didn't see this guy being ready for a guaranteed deal in the NBA. I, I just didn't. And I thought it was a mistake that he left. Um, and I, uh, com- I'm completely wrong. I'm completely wrong. The guy uh, completely worked um, his way into a roster spot on the team and into it. The big thing is he worked his way into a guaranteed year uh, of basketball in the NBA and of a basketball salary in the NBA. So, um, you know, when he got drafted 42nd, I was like, you know, I, you know, that's kind of where, you know, and everybody thought he was going to be, this is, was this the right move? Was it not the right move? I, I really thought, um, you know, he, he could, if he could have, a, if he could just have a, himself a really great year uh, under a new coach that, he could vault his way up into some serious money and a and a nice two year contract to get things started for his NBA career. But I I could always see the other side with him. Like you know you can always you can always go well you know new coach what's gonna happen what's he gonna do with me you know is my style gonna fit his style and and all that stuff. So you know maybe you just let bygones be bygones and 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 hit the road and and try to make yourself and some and your family some money and. And, and hit a lifetime goal. Um, so he, it all worked out. It all worked out. So I'm, I'm very proud of him. I, I, I was a huge Thomas Bryant fan. Uh, actually, I really wasn't at first. He grew on me probably more than, than uh, many other players uh, in, in IU basketball lore. So I'm super, super happy for him to get that contract. That was news that came out Thursday night that he's uh, got a, a a, a one-year deal with the Lakers guaranteed. The second year is a team option. So, uh, super happy for him and and uh, ready to watch him for the Lakers. It's probably nice that he hit the Lakers. You know, when they're on the you know kind of on a downward trend. I say downward trend. They were, you know, they're kind of low on depth. I'm assuming and maybe on the upward trend. It might have been the perfect spot for him to land. So happy for him and uh, and and excited for a good show tonight. Yeah, I think, you know, Brian is interesting. You wonder if, um, you'll see, you know, we've talked about Troy Williams, who also, you know, recently signed a deal, kind of matured. I don't know that matured kind of in the same way as a lot of people would think of it with Bryant from a a more of an emotional standpoint, but just from a, you know, really being able to hone in on the things that he does well. Um, So hopefully Bryant can can do some of the same thing. I think to your point, uh, the Lakers, both from a depth standpoint, from a salary cap standpoint, uh, he kind of became an attractive option for them. And uh, like, you know, like Yogi and, and like Troy, who really made the most of the opportunities that they got because they they found themselves in good situations. Hopefully, he can he can do the same. But certainly, exciting news uh, for him to kind of have that under his belt at this point of the off season, and uh, you know, can continue working and, and try to work his way into the rotation for the Lakers with uh, with Lonzo Ball. So, you know, certainly won't be the center of attention uh, in that scenario. So we know, <laughs> so we know that that piece will not be uh, will not be at play. <laughs> and. and- you know, as you were mentioning the guys, think about what uh, these IU players have done. Um, that a, a lot of them drafted, uh, you know, obviously under the Korean regime, 
drafted low or not drafted at all in some cases and still found a way to either through, you know, summer league basketball in Brian's case or, or with uh, the D league and, and the other cases or G league now, whatever the case may be um, found a way to get themselves on an NBA roster and, and sign an NBA contract. Uh, I think it really speaks well uh, of those players to, to kind of have that, metal for lack of a better term uh to be able to do that and all of them came under the iu umbrella i think that's very cool yep absolutely absolutely so uh among the topics we'll plan to hit tonight uh a quick quick note on the potential iu arizona series uh some news of that came out over the weekend or early this week uh more on that uh the player development under cliff marshall uh twitter questions as usual and uh probably fit in a few other things as we go along on this week's edition of assembly call radio uh first a quick word about this week's sponsor SeatGeek. buying sports or buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated but there's a better simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. it's the smartest easiest way to get tickets to live events and with SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. SeatGeek app on my phone, and it's by far the easiest way I've found to shop for tickets. It can be anywhere with just a few taps. I can instantly find seats. Uh, you know, we, we talk about being able to see some of these guys. The NBA season is uh, is probably closer than we think it is, so certainly with the number of IU players in the NBA, be lots of opportunities as things uh, as things as that season opens up. Uh, you got baseball season, uh, which in Cincinnati here is uh, is not going all that well, uh, but certainly opportunities to feel, see your favorite players on the on the baseball field, and then you know football training camps are opening up, so that means uh, there'll be NFL and uh, college football games to look at uh, tickets to as well. So uh, lots of opportunities to use SeatGeek. I'm sure that uh, I will be using it myself uh, as the fall approaches, and and really overall, it's designed to make the ticket buying experience easier than ever. It saves you time and money by searching multiple ticket sites, compare prices, and find you the best deal. Uh, that allows you to get the most bang for your buck uh, because SeatGeek grades every ticket based on value to help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. And every purchase is fully guaranteed so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with full confidence. So make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals on every type of ticket from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And best of all, listeners here get $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. Download the SeatGeek app and enter promo code ASSEMBLY today. That's promo code ASSEMBLY for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, you're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Zach McCright talking IU basketball. And one of the, while we don't know any more about the schedule than we did a week ago, uh, an interesting bit of future scheduling news cropped up this week, something that, uh, you know, I think Archie Miller had alluded to at times and and seemed like a potentially natural fit. But, uh, you know, some some discussion of a three-year series between uh, IU and Arizona. So this came out from uh, John Rothstein. So I can only assume that it was palpable buzz about this uh, potential series. Uh, which would run from 2019 to 2022, include a game in Tucson during the 2019-20 season, Bloomington during the 2021 season, and at Madison Square Garden in New York City for the 21-22 season. Um, you know, just any quick thoughts from you, Zach, on, on what that means, if, if it surprises you that uh, at, at, that the brothers moving that quickly. I think some guys in that scenario don't like to play each other. Um, you know, I don't know what the Harbaugh's feel about this. That's probably maybe one of the examples that's come up recently. But uh, I, I don't know. Any any quick thoughts on, on kind of what that means and, and any excitement you've got around that? I would be interested to get their thoughts on why they are so eager to play each other. Um, yeah. I can only imagine playing my brother and choosing to play my brother if we were if we were playing against each other. And I, I don't, 
I don't know if I'd, I don't know if I'd like that. Now I'm the older brother and, and I, I just, I would be afraid that if I, you know, I wouldn't want him to lose on such a national stage. <laughs> I always wanted him to lose whenever we were playing each other. Uh, but I, I wouldn't want to, uh, I wouldn't want him to lose on such a national stage uh, in front of that many people. So, um, but um, what I do like about just an interesting nugget that I like about it is I love the neutral site game. I, I I'm, and I think I've made up this point before on this very show that, you know, that there's some sort of palpable buzz um, as uh, in that what Rothstein said. Oh, yeah, he's a big, big palpable buzz guy, um, big, uh, big repeated quote guy. Buzz. Yeah, sure. Uh, about the uh, about the um, the neutral site game and 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 Madison Square Garden, obviously, uh, that that works for me, too. So, um you know that will have a lot of um, uh, marketing behind it. That will make you know the lead up to it will be exciting. Whenever that game uh, does hit, not just in Madison Square Garden, but but also in the in the uh, other home and aways uh, on there. So I, I'm big on this one. I love it. I I, I I kind of wish it was kind of wish it would start earlier, honestly. Um, but I. Um, I was shocked to to find out that IU had never played Arizona. Yeah. That to me is shocking, and I'm wondering, and maybe somebody can do the uh, somebody can do this for us. Somebody in our listening audience can do this for us. This is what I like to call Zach being lazy and listeners do the work. Okay, <laughs> all right, um, I like it. What is it? I'm sure Arizona Arizona's got to be number one. Who would be number two in the best college basketball program that IU has never faced? I'd have to imagine it has to be way down the list, like you know, of of best programs of all time. Because Arizona seems that seems like just uh, the biggest absolute anomaly ever that IU has, has never played somebody of that sort of college basketball stature. So I'm wondering who second would be. Yeah, that is an interesting one. I, I thought that was funny too. I was looking before the show, so I did do at least some research. Not enough to answer your question, of course, but um, I did enough to, to figure out. Like, I was like, I don't really remember IU playing Arizona, but it was one of those where maybe they played in a tournament somewhere, and I, you know, had just forgotten about it. And then, you know, lo and behold, hadn't played them, uh, hadn't played them at all. So, uh, definitely, definitely an interesting tidbit. So maybe somebody can get back to us on that, and we can. Uh, we can touch on it next week, but yeah, I think thanks in advance. Everyone. Yes. Thanks, thanks in advance for your work, everybody. That's exactly what we're looking for. <laughs> but uh, yeah, Hey, we did part of the work. We, we went part of the way there to figure out who they haven't played. Now it's just a matter of uh, figuring out any other, I, I think it'd be hard to find even just other major conference teams that they haven't played yet. Just if you think about over the time period that it's been, um, you know, even teams like that, power that six yeah, even teams that might not be good, right? I mean, um, you know, that was kind of your question, but I would just be curious to, to even wonder how many of those kinds of teams haven't played at all. I think they, I, when, as I was looking, I just did a search for Arizona. I think they've only played Arizona State once, so potentially just some bad blood between them and the, the Pac-12 within that state that we're just not aware of. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's the Pac-12. I mean, obviously you would assume that's probably the first place for all of our researchers, uh, all of our pro bono researchers to look, look, look west and uh, furthest away and, and see if we can't find a team uh, of some sort of stature close to Arizona, albeit I, I can't imagine it being too close, uh, who we haven't played. I'd be very interested. Yep, I would agree. I would agree. All right. Well, we will uh, come back. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Cliff Marshall and some of the player development news that came out this week and uh, and kind of see what we can what we can make of that.
right. You are listening to The Assembly Call. I'm Andy Bottoms here talking IU hoops with Zach McCright. And uh, wanted to circle back a little bit, Zach, to um, not only the Deron Davis uh, you know, news that came out this week in terms of him you know, winning the, uh, the offseason championship belt, if you will, but also a number of the other uh, – I think some of these came from the players and some came from – um, you know, the IU Twitter account, some, some pictures came out of um, basically how some of the guys have transformed themselves over the time that Cliff Marshall has been there, which I, I'm guessing because uh, Archie's tweet uh, referenced 12 weeks over, over a 12 week period. So I uh, had Freddie McSwain, Colin Hartman, uh, Robert Johnson, uh, I think even Quentin Taylor uh, was out there. Just some of the, you know, kind of physical transformations those guys have made over the course of the off season. And, um, and, and I think, you know, obviously, it's easy to get excited about those kinds of things, uh, and and hard to know what they really mean on a basketball floor. But you know, from your standpoint, as you you know heard the news about Davis and, and you know kind of saw some numbers to the improvements that we've all heard about him making, saw some of the photos of the other guys. Um, what what what's the you know kind of big message for you in, in seeing some of those kinds of things come out? Well, a couple things. First off, uh, you know I. At the at the expense of sounding very awkward as a man, uh, <laughs> I, I, I was most impressed by the transformation of Freddie McSween. I mean, you can you can you can probably fry an egg on that uh, on that abdomen of his these days. That's I mean just. Sleek, sleek, well done, fella. Um, so, I'm. Uh, I, I like. I like what he did. Obviously, all these guys, um, the transformations are crazy. I think um, when you ask, what does it say about the entire group? Uh, I'm shocked, honestly, that this sort of um, impression was made by what I'm assuming is the. Athletic performance coach on this many guys, or Archie Miller, um, and or Archie Miller, that they were able to make such an uh, an, an impact and, and get into the psyche of these guys. Going, look, this is the way it's got to be, and not only being able to do that, but for this, not just one, but this many guys to be able to answer and go, you're right, uh, we can all do this. I mean. Think about let's think, let's all harken back to our college days, and and what we were doing during the summer. Um, I can promise you, it was not uh, making an eight pack out of my abs. Like that's one thing I was definitely not doing. And all of these guys decided, I'm going to do this. Like like they're getting like they honestly, what it looks like is all of these guys are getting ready for a bodybuilding competition. Uh, and I and I'm. And I know that sounds cliche, but it, it really does look like 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 that. Like they were like what they were doing was eating tuna out of a can um, or out of a pouch for the last twelve weeks. So I'm, I'm I just can't. What I'm impressed by is that, that many people uh, on the team were were able to do it. And I don't know there were. T- I mean, how do you improve your vertical by? Eight inches. Two players did that. I'm mean, drawing David. Like Dron Davis was already. I thought he played above the rim pretty damn good last year, and and he added eight inches to his vertical. That's insane. And uh, and what Juwan Morgan eight and a half inches to his vertical. So um, I'm super impressed. And, and and 
and I, I, I want to, I'll throw something on the back end at the, at the, at the end of this, but I'm just super impressed with how all of these guys decided to get together and, and go. Um, I, my guess is one of the messages was like last, last year isn't good enough. And part of the burden falls on us. And this is the way they've answered during a, during a summer where I'm sure they would have liked to have done a whole lot of other things. Yeah, it was it, some of the numbers. I mean, like you said, to, again, I'm assuming that it's roughly 12 weeks just because, you know, trying to back into timelines and different things like that. So I'm assuming this is 12 weeks. If it's if it's not 12, it's not substantially more. You know, those kinds of improvements they talked about um, in, in Marshall's Twitter feed at various times. He kind of talked about, you know, different guys. So McSwain set a bench press record at 30 reps. I'm not sure at what weight, but 30 reps for me at any weight would be, uh, you know, pretty difficult. So he was, you know, he had 22 the first week. So he went up eight in a relatively short period of time. Robert Johnson did 32 pull-ups, which was up from 16 in week one. I assume that's in a, you know, kind of a specific time frame. So just kind of amazing, not only just the, the accomplishments and the transformations in and of themselves, but over a relatively short time frame. And, um, you know, one of the other things as we, you know, kind of, you know, continue to talk about Cliff Marshall is he was on uh, the Indiana Unscripted podcast that Jeremy Gray uh, does and, and the athletic department's put together. So he's had a, a handful of different guests, not just basketball related, but, um, you know, happened to have Marshall on this week. And, and I know Jared tweeted some things out from the assembly call account for it, uh, for everybody to take a listen. I definitely encourage everybody to do that because uh, Marshall just comes off as incredibly uh, engaging, incredibly, um, you know, kind of, kind of direct a little bit in the same way that Archie Miller is, but but seems just kind of soft spoken and uh, you know has has a message, but isn't necessarily like in your face about it. And I, you know, bearing. yeah, right. and, and I think it's funny because you know everybody is going to do this with Archie Miller and with Crean, and we've you know talked a little about this with you know Lionel Anderson who was there and was you know trash talking on the bench and jumping up and down and all those kinds of things, and it's like you know, one of those where this guy sounds like the complete opposite, um, whether that's really true or, you know, we're all viewing that through different colored glasses, but um, just a really interesting listen to, to kind of get his philosophy and how he got started on, on some of this. Uh, Zach, I know you said you're, you've been able to listen to, uh, to at least some of it. Any, any big takeaways from you, from, you know, hearing him talk about how he goes about his job at uh, developing these guys at IU? Well, one of the things you hit on that I, that I also thought was very interesting was he, he, he's very, um, he just seems very calm. You wouldn't, you wouldn't assume, I'll just put you this way. Every strength coach that I've been around and I can't act like my, my, uh, athletic careers had any sort of prowess to it, but, um, any strength coach that I've been around certainly didn't come off sounding like that, whether they were in a weight room or not a weight room. And so, um, I, I did, I did notice that. And just as an aside, um, one of the other things I noticed, uh, isn't it odd? The guy is from uh, a town called Cynthiana, Kentucky. Okay. That, that town, I I live in very, in the very Southern tip of Southern Indiana, right across the river from Louisville. Um, So I actually know where Cynthiana, Kentucky is. And I'm sure you might as well, Andy, but it's probably a, you know, a stone's throw from Lexington. So let's just say he's in the UK area, all right? Then decides, uh, enough with UK, I'm going to the University of Louisville for school. And then he, all of a sudden, after a couple, you know, uh, uh, puddle jumps here and there, ends up in Indiana. So uh, he continues to move north against the rivals here, the Kentucky, the Louisville, and now 
and now on the uh, as I like to call it God's country here in uh, <laughs> here in Indiana. So um, so that I just found that very interesting for people that watch this and listen to this uh, show in this, especially in southern Indiana, people south of Bloomington, um, to just have those three schools all intertwined with this one guy is something that I know a lot of people around here at least would find interesting that he, that he uh, his, has, he shunned Kentucky almost altogether, went to undergrad at U of L and now ends up in Indiana. The other, the other thing I do want to throw out there about, um, about let's just say all these guys together, you know, we give Tom Crean a lot of guff and I'm not going to act like um, this <laughs> throughout the course of the show that we might not give him a little guff, but let's do a compliment sandwich at least with him and give you a, a little bit of good stuff on, on the front end. We have talked already tonight about Thomas Bryant, Troy Williams, Yogi Farrell, about how the metal that they had, just the, the, the inner drive to find a way uh, into the NBA. And now you've got guys on this IU team that have found a way inside of them to grind and make their make their bodies look completely transformed, that they have that inner drive in them. And I do want to give some sort of uh, tip of the cap to Tom Crean in that department. You know, for all the for all the guff that we all give him. Um, and some of it's deserved. Most of it's deserved. One thing that he did really well was um, he found guys that had that 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 they appear to have something a little extra inside them that that have some sort of inner drive that you don't necessarily see uh, in college sports anywhere. And and that is showing itself in the NBA and it's showing itself uh, during the summer. So uh, a tip of the cap to Tom Crean in that department as well. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Zach McRae talking IU basketball and and you know a couple other you know kind of quick things I jotted down uh, in listening to Cliff Marshall on that uh, on that podcast on the Indiana Unscripted podcast. You know he he really talked about um, as soon as he knew he wanted to do something with you know training. Uh, he he talked about you know really wanting to be in a position to you know kind of teach and and share with people his his passion for it. You know talked about being a you know, a teacher at heart, uh, but also really being a mentor to these guys. And, you know, he talked about, uh, you know, to build on his, he's kind of built on what he said, results and relationships. He said, but results are temporary and relationships are eternal. And I think you can see um, from a lot of these guys that he's really done, you know, a pretty incredible job in a short amount of time, really building those relationships with these players. Um, And I think we often, don't realize that I think ESPN had an article about this, which they referenced in the podcast, but it was, you know, in some ways the strength coaches and people like that are uh, particularly in the off season, who the players are able to, because of, you know, whatever ridiculous NCAA rules exist, you know, kind of who they can spend the most time with. And, um, you know, so I think there's, you know, there's really a lot to that and and liked a lot of what I heard just in his philosophy about, you know, working with them and and mentoring them and, and preparing them. But do you think that, that, people kind of underestimate the importance uh, of guys in a position like Cliff Marshall uh, as we start thinking about all the different components of a college basketball program. Is that a piece that gets overlooked uh, at times in your eyes or, or is it just an area that, you know, we're all of a sudden interested in because we heard him talk about it? 
Well, maybe a little bit of both. I mean, now that you mention it, yeah, I mean, we don't talk about it very often, and nobody does. Nobody in any program talks about it very often. So I'm sure there's a little bit of truth to that. But um, my guess is that this stuff probably happens at a lot of schools. Um, but what I, what I find uh, at least different about this guy at least from what we can tell on the surface, having not met him, having having never seen him, uh, you know, execute a session in public with these guys, is that when you've got a guy, and and again, like Andy said, I think I, I urge you all to listen to this uh, to this podcast with uh, Jeremy Gray, that Jeremy Gray does with Cliff Marshall, um, with Cliff's demeanor being so calm, at least in public and at least behind a microphone. Um, you can kind of, my guess is, is if, if that sort of personality uh, translates to the, to the uh, weight room and he's able to still get that sort of, of, of production out of these guys, that it probably has to do with his ability to um, create relationships with these guys. Like, you've got to really, like, if you're not going to be, my guess is, is if you're not going to be up in somebody's face, if having just met the guy, if you're not going to be up in somebody's face and and trying to motivate them just by you know very very on the surface screaming getting them motivated come on lift this lift this you know pull this etc cetera, etc cetera. um you're probably not going to get through to a lot of these guys unless you can, you're able to do that if you don't unless you knew them previously and so for him to have this sort of demeanor seemingly and and be able to still get that sort of production out of these guys, um, my my guess is it, it it really does kind of show just how well he is able to connect mentally uh, with with these guys and and get that sort of production out of them. Yeah, I would agree, and he's even inspired Jared, who is trying to uh, organize an assembly call weight loss challenge, which I have agreed to on the condition that I do not have to provide or view shirtless photos uh, of any of you. So uh, I'm willing to uh, I'm willing to participate, but uh, you know that's something that probably nobody wants to see anyway, and uh, and certainly yeah, I mean I'll just Photoshop myself onto Freddie McSwain's body and just see what happens. I think is is what I might go with in that case, but uh, I promise I won't show any nipple right now to those of you. (laughs) watching on uh, YouTube, Um, but I'm very tempted to, just just so you can see the difference here in in a couple weeks. No, Jared's got us, um, and I guess he's agreed to it, uh, seemingly, by the way, and you all can give him hell about this next week. Um, Ryan seems to be very quiet about this. Ryan seems to be very, very quiet. I haven't heard anything from him yet on this, but it seems like the other three uh, have, have, have gone yes, yes, and yes. And um, and and Jared is throwing out the challenge of eight percent weight loss before Hoosier hysteria. Now, um, what 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 is that now? How, how many August September? It's is like that twelve weeks. It's usually October. That's weeks? probably twelveish weeks. I would say. Obviously, I don't have the date set, but it's probably it's sometime Ooh, you know mid mid October. That's gonna be tough for a big and like me. I'm gonna be honest <laughs> with you. But, uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll all right, all right. I did like, by the way, one more thing yeah. that um, that that Cliff Marshall said: for every minute of skill work, uh, one minute of recovery. Um, always good to know. Always good to know because I think there's a lot of people out there, me included, that for a long time would just um, almost race to the next thing if because it just 
or, or especially with some trainers I've had in the past, race to the next thing, race to the next thing, because you wanted to make it a cardio workout too, on top of it, on top of your strength training. And, and maybe we just need to give ourselves a break. He's, he's telling you, you deserve a break. So I like that out of Cliff Marshall too. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. He brought that up in the context of, you know, seeing guys like Robert Johnson be in the gym all the time, and he kind of made them a deal. He said, for every minute of that, you need a minute of recovery, whether that's, you know, in the ice tub or, uh, you know, stretching or, or whatever the case may be. So uh, definitely interesting and stuff we'll need to follow in our in our weight loss challenge. So, uh, you know, so <laughs> for, for, every, for every one piece of celery, yeah. you get one donut. Yeah, Is that right? Is yeah, that exactly. Exactly. All right, coming up, we'll answer the questions in our weekly IU basketball mailbag. Stick with us. Welcome back. You're listening to the Assembly Call. Go to assemblycall.com slash join to activate your free membership. You'll get our weekly six-banner Saturday news roundup delivered right to your inbox each Saturday or Sunday morning so you can stay up to date with your Hoosiers during the offseason and even once the season begins. URL, again, is assemblycall.com slash join. This is Andy Bottoms, and I'm here talking IU basketball with my co-host on the Assembly Call, Zach McCright. Uh, and this, as always, we uh, is the part of the show we like to get to everybody's Twitter questions. The one thing, uh, while news may die off in the offseason, the one thing that never seems to die off is uh, is the pool of Twitter questions. So uh, for us, that is definitely a good thing, and we like to hit as many of these as we can. So we'll we'll dive in. Um, looks like this question says, Jack Allen Martin who do you guys think will be the most important IU basketball player next year for the Hoosiers to succeed? Zach, who you got? Well, I mean, I'm going to go Dron Davis. I feel like that's probably the uh, the easy choice to make um, just because of the lack of depth really uh, inside for, for IU this year that, you know, he, he kind of has to – he's going to have to play a lot of – not just offensively well, defensively well. Might defense might be even more important for Deron Davis uh, next year, not to get into foul trouble um, when, when when this team needs him. I I feel like he's the kind of guy who you you almost and correct me if I'm wrong. You you probably gonna have to play 30, 32, 34 minutes a game um, in, in an ideal world. Uh, again, I could be wrong about that. Maybe Archie thinks this team, and maybe a lineup will suffice or will surface, I guess, that, that you know, we can go, well, maybe this team's all right playing a little bit smaller. But I, I think it's probably got to be uh, Dron Davis. I, I will give an honorable mention to Colin Hartman. I think uh, just his return um, and him being a senior, uh, kind of being able to set the tone for the team um, might be a, might be an honorable mention, but I'll go with Ron Davis. Yeah, I think that that to me is probably the obvious choice. I'll, I'll throw out a couple of those. I think Robert Johnson is a, is a really important one, um, not just as the president of the Robert Johnson fan club. I say that, but sure, but just because. Sure. Yeah, we've talked about this before. You know, Deron Davis is is really talented, and certainly IU will look to get him involved in the post quite a bit. But you also are going to need at times somebody who can go out and get their own shot from the backcourt. And uh, you know, Rojo to a certain extent is kind of last man standing with um, you know as as Yogi has left and and James Blackman Jr. has left. So I think he becomes really important in that capacity and really needs to become uh, a consistent shooter, scorer. Uh, you know, night in, night out, a guy that you can expect things from. The other guy I'll kind of throw out, we touched on him earlier, you know, Freddie McSwain, um, while maybe not the most important, I think becomes a real X factor because is he a guy who now with all this added strength 
that you can try to steal minutes when you need to rest Deron Davis? Um, is he a guy who you can just put in there to, to really battle and, and be an energy guy uh, and, and a guy who could really thrive in a you know defensive pressure system uh, like what Archie Miller wants to run? So I think I think a number of good choices. I think Duran is probably the guy most people would pick, but I think there's a handful of other guys that will be interesting to watch as well. Yeah, McSwain's a good one too, by the way. I, 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 anybody, to me, anybody, I, I'm with you on Johnson. Um, Johnson aside, I mean, you're right. Get the, get the, the score has got to continue to be the score. Um, but outside of that, I think anybody who, who might be put at the five spot this year, I think fits the category of, uh, of somewhere in the vicinity of most important player on next year's squad. Yep. Yep, I would agree. All right, next one is from Kix Milla. When Ar- with Archie pushing this Arizona series deal, do you think this helps, hurts, or doesn't affect playing Kentucky again? That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, I uh, I don't know. I don't know. My guess is, I think. I think. Gun to my head, I think. It, whatever needs to be done for IU to play Kentucky, I think IU will do it. Um, they might have to get themselves out of a contract or two. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, I think we already saw that with uh, the one tournament that IU has kind of bowed out of. Um, and am I dreaming that? No, there was supposed the to be something time, in, but, in um, New York this year that they you know kind of bought their way out of to, uh, you know, even in the office. I think even before the coaching change was made. So, yeah, you're, you're not dreaming. And I thought that, and I thought that was more than a one-year thing too. So I, I could be wrong on that, but um, I think those sort of concessions IU would make again with something else if they had to to get uh, to get Kentucky on the schedule, minus maybe the uh, the, the Big Four and Indy uh, that that get together every year with those guys, maybe minus that. But um, I, so I'm gonna say no. I think it's a good question. I'm gonna say it has zero effect at all. On on Indiana's uh, chances, however big they might be, uh, uh, playing Kentucky again. I lean a little bit more towards it hurts, just in the sense of if you start thinking about you know opportunities for bigger games. Now this season is certainly unique with what the Big Ten is doing and where the games fall in. But if you start to spin that forward to potential twenty game Big Ten season, you start to infringe on the number of total non conference games you can schedule, and and by proxy, the number of marquee non-conference games you can schedule. And we know that one's always going to be there as part of the Big Ten ACC unless that changes. Uh, the Gavit games are a little bit less year-to-year, but at the very least every other year, you know you're doing something there. The Crossroads is going to be there, uh, it seems like, in the in the near term. Uh, and then in the very near term, you've got the Louisville series, which has another couple years on it, I believe. So um, it probably doesn't help. The fact that it's a little bit further down the road gives some more flexibility um, and those things don't even discuss the potential for, you know, different tournaments and, and other pre-conference tournaments. So I don't, well, I don't think it hurts a lot. Uh, I definitely don't think it helps. So I, I guess I'd be more, more inclined to, uh, to say it hurts a little, but probably not, probably no. not a ton. I'm with you on it doesn't help. I'm yeah. with you on it doesn't help. But, um, uh, but kind of like you said, so you talked about, I, the one thing I'm worried about is the one thing it sounded like you weren't worried about that, that it's kind of down the road. And my thought is, well, if this is ever going to get back underway, this IU UK series, it's going to be down the road. And, and the, uh, an extra roadblock will be there 
with Arizona. But while I don't think they'd ever cancel the series with Arizona, I think something else would be canceled in lieu of Kentucky. Which, which by the way, uh, let's throw this out there too. Man, I mean, IU schedule, non-conference schedule, kind of all of a sudden is going to end up being pretty hefty for the next uh, couple of years. Maybe not, maybe not, whatever you think about the non-conference schedule this year, it's going to be more competitive, you would think, in the years following when you add Arizona to the list. So um, it's it's going to be quite the non-conference uh, slate under Archie Miller, it appears. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, and I think we're already seeing, you know, in terms of having talking about these things being down the road, I think we saw that this year. You know, Archie has commented a couple of times about how difficult it's been to try to you know, revamp what is going to be on this coming oh. season's schedule, how difficult that's been to kind of do on the fly. So, yeah, I think we're looking at a few years down the road in, in any case. So certainly some of these events can run out and they may decide not to not to renew them and, and go from there. But we'll we'll definitely see the uh, definitely a, a, a couple different sets of Wildcats. Everybody's looking forward to potentially playing uh, for sure. You're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Andy Bottoms here with Zach McCrite talking IU basketball, and we are answering some of the Twitter questions that we got this week. I'm going to combine these these next couple uh, that are really around you know point guard uh, heading into not this coming season, obviously, but next season. Um, you you guys touched on this a bit last week, talking about the recruiting um, in the you know those three wing guys uh, really coming in, and and that you know fulfills and gives some depth in that part of the roster. But the biggest question mark is point guard. So. Uh, the questions from from Jason in one case was, who do you anticipate committing next, and who do you think the point guard will be next year? Uh, Robert Fennessy was thrown out as a potential option there. And then uh, Courtney asked, we've been talking a lot about needing a point guard in 2018. What would a Darius, what would a Darius Garland signing mean for Devonte Green? So, uh, however or whichever of those you want to take, you know, what are what are your current feelings based on what you're hearing? Uh, and reading about right now in, in terms of what the point guard situation might look like a year from now. Man, it's it's kind of uh, it's it's murky. I mean, it feels kind of murky. I, I guess my one thing is you you probably want to give at least a yeah, keep an eye open. I guess at least for Al Durham, just to see what happens there at the point guard position. I don't. I've you know. When it comes to recruiting, and I've said this on this show before, I'm I, I, I'm kind of a wait till they get here kind of guy. Just because, unless unless I'm seeing full game tapes, you know, I'm you know the highlight the highlight reels kind of um, always make me bite my fingernails that I get too excited before uh, I really should be. But um, you know, Al Durham's obviously somebody in the interim. I don't think it's somebody you know that everybody's kind of looking at and saying this is the long term option here. So. Um, after that, I think I think we're kind of up in the air. It's obvious. I think you know. I, th- I think we're at the point now where it's obvious a point guard needs to be. Uh, it's 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 number one on Archie Miller's list at this point. I, well, with the exception of perhaps a Romeo, you know. I you know I think uh, I think point guard is next uh, up on the list. So maybe in that order, Romeo, and then point guard. And in the meantime, you've got maybe you know for for next year for a year down the line. Um, you maybe got an Al Durham for now. So, yeah, I think Fennessey is probably the one that a lot of IU fans that are into recruiting are kind of keeping their eye on uh, big time from outside of Romeo. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Devontae is another guy we talk about, you know, who's going to be, a, a, you know, kind of the who's going to suggest whether how successful IU is. And I think he's another guy who falls in that category because 
it, you know, this is a big year for him. While he may not get the opportunity to start, uh, you know, he at least has, you know, the chance to to put himself in the driver's seat to be the point guard of that team next season. Now, obviously, maybe signing a you know really highly rated guy like Darius Garland might change that, which I think is ultimately the point of of the question. Um, but I think if it's a guy like Finnessy and and Devontae Green has a good season, I think it could be a situation where Finnessy's able to you know, step in, learn from him for a little bit and, and go from there. Um, if it's a guy like Garland, I'm not sure he's somebody that you, you sit uh, right away, you know, just based on, you know, his talent level and those kinds of things. But I do think as you look through some of the guards who were successful under Miller at Dayton, there's a little bit of a pedigree that might suggest that, that Devontae Green is a guy, uh, you know, who, who could also be successful in that system. So um, I'm not ruling him out by any means. I know he was a guy that, that Ryan and I in particular, I think were, you know, pretty high on by the end of the season and wanted to see more of him as, as sure. last season kind of got away from, you know, where we all hoped it would go. So um, he, he's a guy I'm definitely interested to see. And I think depending on the, how quickly these guys commit, um, there's probably a little bit of leeway for him to really assert some control over that as, as a sophomore. So we'll see how, he's got it, we'll got see how it goes. Yeah, he, he's he's certainly got a shot. I, I I wasn't against Devontae Green at all. Um, I think the reason I didn't mention him was, I I think, and maybe this isn't fair to Archie, but I I think we're all um, maybe subconsciously assuming that he will over recruit. Uh, he he will he will recruit over, I should say, um, Devontae Green. So we're just kind of assuming that Green will always be playing second fiddle at, at the point guard position, but maybe uh, we are, I'll just say it. We are, we're too early to make that assumption. Um, I thought Devonte green proved last year that he is at least worthy of discussion uh, in the, in the point guard position. And remember, I mean, he's just a freshman last year, you know, I mean, it's not like, um, you know, it, it's not like he was some veteran guy who just got, you know, minutes off the bench and this is just the way he's going to be forever. And it, it's, it's not like that. So I, I think, uh, Green certainly got some some room to grow, at least you know if if he's just like any other freshman in college basketball. So he's a name definitely to keep out there for sure. All right. Well, coming up in our last segment, we uh, have another question or two we may try to hit and uh, see what other kind of trouble we can get into in the last few minutes of this week's show. So stick with us for the assembly call. Welcome back. You're listening to the Assembly Call. I'm Andy Bottoms here talking IU basketball with Zach McCrite. And uh, and Zach, we asked, and even before the show is even over, people have, have started uh, to heed the call for people doing work for us to see who the best uh, or at least most notable college basketball programs that IU has not played uh, yet are. So what are some of the uh, initial responses that you saw uh, people submitting after as we were uh, talking yes. through the rest of the show? Good work, people. Good work. Um we got one who says uh, New Mexico. New Me- Let's see, New Mexico. These are some of the ones, and and we have not verified these, but uh, I trust you. I trust you, IU chatters. Uh, New Mexico, um, Dayton, which is quite the coincidence. The guy says, um, also Oklahoma State. So let's put Oklahoma State at the top so far of those of those teams. Um, they also say. Oh, yeah. A lot of the military schools, Army, Navy, Air Force, West Virginia. So maybe West Virginia and Oklahoma State at the top of 
of yeah. uh, teams that that uh, with the best programs that IU has never played. So assuming all of those are accurate, those are those are some of the ones that are up there right now. All right, good work, fine people. Good and, work. Uh, Good we'll uh, we'll see. Maybe we can come at a, an official final answer by the time we get back to this next week. But uh, appreciate you guys heeding the call so quickly. Uh, so Zach, we don't have a ton of time left. Did want to get your answer to this question that came from IU Artifacts, um, and the question is, what is your favorite assembly hall memory for each of you? So, um, you know, Ryan, as people may know, uh, has uh, strong opinions about the Marco Killingsworth dunk, which uh, listeners to a variety of of old shows uh, could hear about. Uh, Jared's will assuredly be about Calvert Chaney breaking the record. Um, I'm not sure exactly what mine would be. I have a few things in mind, which maybe we'll, I'll be able to get to next week, but I wanted to give you time to share what your favorite assembly hall memory was uh, for you here. Now, now, did we have to be there? That's the big qualifier. I'm going to say, I'm going <laughs> to say yes, because I know Ryan was obviously at the Killingsworth game and Jared, I know was at the Calvert Chaney game. So if you have one that comes to mind that's not that way, you can you can go that direction. But but just specify which which realm you're in. Then it has to be uh, 2000 IU over Michigan State with the Haston three at the buzzer to win. I'm, that's that's the one in person. In terms of overall, that opens up a that opens up a huge door. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, a night throwing the chair. That one comes to mind. The Killingsworth dunk absolutely came to mind for me. So uh, tip of the cap to Ryan. I don't, I don't mean to jump on his back with that one, but uh, but uh, that's definitely one that's up there. But, yeah, definitely for me, I think in person, Haston with the three uh, to beat number one Michigan State, and I, th- I think it was the year 2000. Um, the first real signature win of the Mike Davis era. Uh, but uh, I, I got I to gotta put that one at the top of the list. Yeah, I think it was actually 2001. That was a year after I graduated, although I did see IU beat Michigan State on a buzzer beater on an A.J. Guyton uh, airball slash pass to Lynn Washington that uh, that won a game. So we, we talked about that yeah. a little bit with A.J. on, <laughs> yes. on the show there. But uh, All right, well, uh, that is, uh, is going to do it for this week's episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live and be part of the live chat, join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live simulcast of our Assembly Call radio recording where you can always subscribe to our podcast by searching for assembly call wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to go to assemblycall.com slash join to activate your free assembly call membership so thank you for listening we'll be back to talk iu hoops again with you next week until then keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim and go hoosiers sticky notes email alerts a string around your finger they're just not big enough so here's a big reminder from the California Lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over $250 million. Whew. Play now. Please play responsibly. Must be 18 years or older to purchase player client. Real estate agents can get full visibility into their clients' loan status and help them get to closing faster with Rocket Pro Insight. Sign up today at rocketpro.com slash real estate. Offer cost information conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. MLS consumer access.org number 33. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.